Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. The conditions for spiritual maturity and in First Corinthians chapter 15, I want to be able to, I want to first of all lay the groundwork here so that we can understand what, we, what we'll be talking about. First Corinthians 15, the verse of the scripture in verse number 21 tells us there, it says, for sins by man came death. It says, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all died, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. Why are we reading this particular verse? We want to establish a premise. And that premise is that uh, life is found only in Christ. Life is found only in Christ. Anyone who is outside of Christ is dead. Dead in their sins. But anyone who is in Christ has received the life of Christ. Only those who are in Christ are truly alive. And be, according to the Bible, be, this is because according to the Bible, in Christ shall all be made alive. That is one of the things that that's the foundation I want to say, I want to start upon. So we know that believers are alive when they are in Christ. And because believers are alive in Christ, they are expected to grow. Because anything that has life is expected to grow. Anything that has life is expected to continue to mature. And that is one of the things that the Bible tells us in the book of Proverbs chapter 4. Reading from verse number 18, the Bible says that the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter until the full day. In other words, the life of a believer is supposed to be getting better and getting better as they walk with the Almighty God. In other words, the way you were a year ago, the way you were six months ago, it's supposed you are supposed to be better than what you used to be. The things that used to get you angry, the things that used to get you all roused up, the things that used to get you all ticked off, those things 10 years ago should not be the same thing today. If you say you are a Christian, the word, what we are saying is that believers are supposed to get better as they walk with the Lord. They are supposed to be reflecting the image of Christ as they walk closer to the Almighty God. Ephesians chapter 24. In reading from verse number 13, the Bible says, Till we all come to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. In other words, we are supposed, the image of Christ is supposed to be increasingly revealed in our individual lives as we walk closer to Him. The image of Christ is supposed to be increasingly revealed in our lives. That was what happened to Moses. The Bible said he spent 40 days on the mount. And by the time he came back, nobody could even look at his face. Why? Because the glory of the Almighty God was so much upon him that people could not look at his face. He had to put a veil in there. The point you are making is that the closer you walk with the Lord, the closer you associate with the Lord, the closer you interact and you relate with the Almighty God, some of the attributes of the Lord should be seen in your life. Some of the characters of God should be seen in your life. Some of the things that are, you know that is associated with the Almighty God should be seen in your life. 
There is something we used to say in the neck of the wood where I come back from. They say that when a leaf is placed very close to a particular toilet soap, that particular leaf eventually becomes a soap. In other words, they wear papillary or share, For those of us who don't understand, there are people at the back who will interpret for you. The point we are making is that the closer you are to the Lord, the more behavior, the more of the behavior of the Almighty God that is beginning to be seen in your life. Because it begins to reflect in you. Which means that if a believer is not growing, something is wrong. That's what it simply means. If a believer is not maturing with their, in their work with the Almighty God, if the image of God is not being formed in the life of that particular individual, something is fundamentally wrong. Because you are supposed to grow. And if that, if that growth, if that maturity is not seen in the life of that individual, there are two possibilities. Two possibilities. One is that that individual is sick. It's just like the baby that my sister is carrying right now. If the baby refused to grow, there are two possibilities. It's either one, the baby is sick because it's been malnourished. And that is what the Bible, Peter was saying, in order for you not to be in that condition, Peter said in First Peter chapter 2, he said, as newborn babies, they desire the sincere milk of the world, so that you can do what? So that you can grow thereby. So, it is assumed that when you are connected with the Almighty God, there is an assumption of growth in that particular relationship. So, if you are not growing, it's because, number one, there is sickness going on in that particular body. Number two, the other second possibility is that you are dead. Because if you are dead, that means there is no growth. You have been cut off from the life of God. That's why you are not growing. You have been cut off from the source of nutrient. If you read the book of John, I think in John chapter 15, the Bible tells us, I am the vine and you are the branches. It said that the branches have no life except they are connected to that particular vine. And only those who, the ones that will bear fruit, are the ones that are still connected with that particular vine. In other words, as long as you are connected with Christ, the life of Christ should flow through your body. The life, of Christ, the life of Christ should flow through you. But if you are not connected, that means the life of Christ is not flowing, and therefore growth will not happen. So when a Christian is not growing, two things are happening. Either they are sick, or number two, they are dead. And just like a baby who is not growing is abnormal, a believer who is not growing is an aberration. It is not something that is normal. It is not something that is supposed to be. It is the exception when you are not growing. A believer who is not growing is the exception to the norm. It is not normal for a Christian to remain the same way this year, next year, 20 years we have been serving the Lord and nothing has changed. Something is wrong somewhere. Those who are close to me, we know I always say this thing. A man says he's born again and nothing changes. I said there are two possibilities. Is either you are not born again or you have met the wrong Jesus. Because if you met the right Jesus, something must happen in your life. A change must take place. And that is exactly what we're talking about here. A person who is connected with the Almighty God, a person who says he's a believer, who is receiving the life of God as a result of associations, as a result of the new birth, growth is expected. Growth is expected. Why is it abnormal for a Christian not you for a Christian who is not growing? Why is it abnormal? The reason is because growth and maturity are an indication or sign of life. When there is something growing, this thing can stay here till kingdom come. It's not going to grow more than that. Because it doesn't have life. Okay? It's made, it's made in China. That's why it's just the way it is. It's just there. You know? But if you put a true life plant here. You will see that the plant will begin to grow. 
If he doesn't receive enough sunshine, he begins to die. Growth is a sign or is an indication of life. Okay? Growth is a function of life. Growth and maturity assumes life. It assumes that the object that is growing has life in it. And because without life, growth is impossible. If there is no life, growth is impossible. Just like I said, without this thing, no life here, nothing will happen to this thing. It will remain beautiful forever. It will remain the way it is forever. Nothing will happen to it. So without life, growth is impossible. Just like life, just like growth without life is an illusion, life without growth is an aberration. Just like I said earlier on, it's an abnormality. It's a disease. And that's why the Bible tells us in the book of 1 Peter chapter 2, reading from verse number 2, it says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. In other words, people who have been born again, people who have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, people who are called by the name of the Lord, Peter is saying that growth is not an option for those people. Growth is not an option. As long as you are connected with the Lord, growth is not an option. It's just like the babies that we have in this room right now. For them, growth is not an option. It's just something that happens. Because they are alive, they grow. Because they are alive, they are going to mature. Whether they like it or not, no matter how much they like the idea of their their mother carrying them and dancing with them, at one point in time, mommy will not be able to carry them again. It is growth process. They have to grow. It's, you know, growth for a Christian is not an option. Peter is saying growth is something that is mandatory. It's something that is required. It's something that is expected. You don't expect a baby not to grow. They will grow. That's the way it is. Peter is saying the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ is designed for you, for me to grow. That's the way it is designed. That's the way it was set up. The word of God is given to us so that we can grow. In 2 Peter, reading from verse number 5, the Bible now tells us there. He said, and besides this. In other words, if you now want to move forward, if you now want to grow, he said, besides all this, giving all diligence. In other words, it is not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen on its own. It's not going to happen by its own accord. It's not something that is just automatic. It's not something you put your life on, uh, on cruise control and then you begin to grow. It never happens. If you plant a garden before, you will know that any garden that is planted, if it is not properly tended, it will be overgrown by wheat. That is just the nature of things. So he said, besides all this, giving all diligence, he said, now add to your faith virtue. And to virtue, knowledge. And to knowledge, temperance. And to temperance, patience. And to patience, godly, uh, godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, kind charity. Why must you do all these things? The answer is very simple. So that you can move from where you are to where you need to be. This verse of scripture gives us a list of the things that Peter instructed each believer to add to their life so that they can grow. Peter is saying maturity comes when you add to your faith virtue. And what are we talking about virtue? We're saying that virtue is showing high moral standard. In other words, when you become a Christian, you are not supposed to live like any other person anymore. You're not supposed to behave like just any other person anymore. The, your moral standard, your moral life, your moral life must be different. Number two, Peter is saying, if maturity is going to come into your life, you have to add knowledge to your life. 
In other words, you have to know what you believe and know why you believe. You have to understand the basis of your faith. In other words, what does it mean to be born again? What does it mean to be baptized in the Holy Ghost? What does it mean to be able to be in Christian service? What does it mean to witness the word of God to others? What does the Bible say about the special issues of life? You have to add knowledge. And knowledge is an understanding of the subject that we are talking about. It is an awareness of familiarity gained by experience or by facts. So when you say you are maturing, you need to know, you need to add knowledge to your faith. So that when you stand, Peter was saying, he said that he said you study to sorry, study to show Paul was saying to Timothy, he said, study to show yourself approved, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. In other words, you need to know what you believe. That is one of the signs of maturity. Maturity comes when you add to your faith not only in virtue, not only knowledge, but also temperance. And what is temperance? Temperance is simple moderation, self-control, self-restraint. There are, when we were growing up, there were certain things that we were doing. It's just like the babies that we have in the house this morning. If they want to use the restroom, they don't need to talk to anybody. They just simply use the restroom. If they want to poo, they don't need to excuse anybody to just go ahead and do it. Okay? And that is why we have to put diapers around them. But if, as a grown-up man, you want to use the restroom and you stand there and you start doing it, we know that we need to send you to Clover Bottom. <laughs> Definitely you need to get some injections. <laughs> you need to get some medication. The reason is because as you grow older, temperance should step into your life. You should know how to do some self-control. And the same thing as a believer. As you grow older, initially there are certain things that were overcoming you when you were a younger believer. But now as you grow older, the Lord is expecting you now to begin to restrain yourself. Certain sins you should not be going into. Certain words you should not be saying. Certain associations you should not be accompanying with. Certain things should not be part of your life anymore. Because you are adding temperance to your faith. Number four. Maturity comes when you add to your faith patience. Patience. Patience simply means that you are willing to do what? You are willing to have, you have the capacity to accept or tolerate delays, troubles and suffering without getting upset or getting angry. In other words, you are willing to be able to wait for certain things. We are in a society where everything has to be instant, where results has to happen today. If you are not getting results today, that means you are a failure. If you are not getting what you are supposed to get, it means that you have not done what you are supposed to do. But they fail to understand that there is a process of time. There is a particular way in which things have to happen. And if you don't follow the process of time, you are going to have a premature. So, as a believer, you must come to the point where you add patience to your life. Life does not have to happen instantaneously. Those who are close to me will always hear me say, God is not a magician. God is not a magician. He will do things at the time he will do things. I think in the book of Genesis chapter 8, the Bible says, as long as this earth remains, there will be seasons of heat, there will be cold, there will be harvest and there will be winter. There will be all the seasons. All these things are distinct because there is time for everything. And unless a Christian has, the, has that particular quality of patience to their life, they will not be able to walk with the Almighty God. Because God does not walk on your timetable. Right. In case you don't know that. God doesn't walk on your timetable. And God doesn't get, God is never late. It's never too early. He arrives just in time. And that's why it tells us in the book of Ecclesiastes, it makes all things beautiful in its own time. 
So in other words, patience is what we add to it. Maturity comes when you add faith, when you add to your faith, godliness. And what we're talking about godliness is we're talking about a devotion, a life of devotion, a life of piety, a life of humility, a life that recognizes that you are not the final authority. Maturity comes when you add to your faith, kindness. There are a lot of mean people in the church, very mean people. It is only in the church where you see another believer fall down and then we kick the daylight out of them. Only in the church. We are willing to spend a lot of money to bring unbelievers into the faith. We are willing to excuse their behavior, excuse their attitude, excuse every nonsense that they do. But when one of us makes mistakes, we say, you call yourself a believer. You know, for those, if, you, if you understand that, if you are from Africa, you understand what I mean by this. You misbehave and you are standing close to your mother, you better stay away because if your head is closed, you are going to get this right in the forehead. That's what I mean by this. That's what we do to ourselves. That's what we do to ourselves in the church. There has to be brotherly kindness. You have to be able to show a quality of being friendly, a quality of being ger- uh, generous, a quality of being considerate to the other person. Maturity comes finally when we add to our faith love. And my brother has, you know, coined a word for us, I think about three or four weeks ago, when he said he loves you compulsorily. In other words, you have no option. The Bible says that what profit is it if you love the people who only love you? It doesn't make any difference. You love me, I love you, good for you. It's a wash. But when you love the people who are unlovable, when you love the people who are a pain in the neck, when you love the people who you look at and say, ah, oh, this person is here again. When you love those kind of people, that is the kind of love that the Lord is talking about. The people that really makes your boy, that makes your blood to boil. When you love those kind of people, yes, that's what we're talking about. And it is, that is what shows whether we are matured or not. Peter is saying that we need to know, that we need, that we know, you know, that, that's, you know we, we know that you are not dead when you have all these things in your life. We are moving in the, we are moving forward when we see these qualities manifest in your life. Peter is saying that we know that you are growing when we see all these things in your life. When we see that you are patient. When we see that you understand what it takes to be, what you, what, what you believe. When we see that you are, you are a lovable person. When you see that you are somebody who is temperate. When you see all these things in your life, we know that your life is different. And that is why Paul the Apostle was able to commend himself to the apostles in, the, in Jerusalem. He said, you know my life in the past. And now you can see my life. You can see the difference. And that's what I said earlier on. If after coming to the Lord Jesus Christ, the people who know you really cannot tell the difference, something is wrong. Something is wrong. And that is why I've also said here before that the most difficult group of people to minister to are what? The members of your own household. Because they know you. When you are whistling in the shower, you cannot sing in church. They know you. They know your voice in the shower. They know what you can do. They see you in and out. And that is why when you come in here, you start making noise. They can tell whether you are fake or you are whether you are real. They can tell. So Peter is saying, when all these things are in your life, that is how we know that you are growing. And if you turn it the other way around, if these things are not in your life, if we cannot see the signs of virtue, we cannot see the signs of love, we cannot see the signs of temperance, we cannot see the signs of brotherly love, we are simply begin to question, we can begin to question whether you are truly born again in the first place. Because if we can't see this sign, there is no measure. Some will say, yes, I, my heart is serving the Lord. But you look at the way. The Bible says, by their fruit, you will know them. So yes, your faith is internal. But it has a way of manifesting externally. So by their faith, we shall know them. So if we can't see any of these things, we can begin to question. You know, what is going on inside of you? 
The question then is, why is Peter asking you? Why is Peter asking me to be able to add all these things to our faith? Why is he saying that? I want you to look at verse number 8 of that same chapter that we read. Verse number 8 says, For if these things, that means those qualities that we outlined, if these things be in you and abound, there is a difference. In the sense that there is something for there's 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 a, there's, a, there's a difference between something being in your life and that thing continuously manifesting in your life. You can have love in your life, but you might not manifest love every minute of the day. Peter is saying, if these qualities we are talking about, if they are in your life. And they are not just sitting dormant in your life. They are not just there not doing anything. But if they are there in your life and they are continuously being manifested on a regular basis. What that will do for you is that they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. What does that mean? It simply means that when you receive the Lord, you receive that God is good. That God is loving. That God transforms. That God heals. That God does all those kind of wonderful things. That is the knowledge that you have received from the Almighty God. What Peter is now saying that if you add all those things into that particular, into your faith what you will see is that the knowledge of what you know about the Lord will now become a reality I've always given this example before and I will give it again if you read the book of John the gospel of John chapter 1 I think in verse number 12 to 14 Jesus Christ told us there, the Bible told us there, he said and they will be and he said and we and we beheld this glory, the glory of the only, and the word became flesh, sorry, and the word became flesh, and dwelt amongst us, and there we beheld this glory, even the glory of the only begotten son. In other words, the knowledge of the word of God came to dwell with us. That word, when you begin to practice it and it becomes part of your life, that is when you begin to see the glory of the word of God revealed in your life. An example, if you hear the glory of the word, the, the, the promise of the scripture is this, it says, give and it shall be given unto you, good measures, pressed and shaken together, shall men give unto your bosom. That is the knowledge of the word of God. But that particular beauty of that word, the reality of that word, will not happen if you don't practice it. If you don't give, it will never be given to you. Good measures pressed and shaken together will not be a reality. Unless you begin to put it to practice. And that's why the Bible says that, and the word became flesh. In other words, the word of God that you received, you began to practice it. It became part of your body. It became part of your experience. When that word of God becomes part of your experience, that is when you begin to see the glory of that particular word revealed in your situation. So Peter is saying, for if these things be in you and abound, he said they make you that you are neither barren or unfruitful, in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, if these qualities that Peter is describing, qualities like excellence, qualities like knowledge, self-control, godliness, kindness, and love, if these qualities abide in you, they make you that you are neither barren. That means you can never be barren when these things are in your life. When the power of God is manifested through these particular qualities, you can never be barren. You see a man who is loving, are you going to see that person sitting down alone? No way. Because somebody's going to love him back. Have you seen somebody who is generous? Somebody will be generous back to that person. Have you seen somebody who is faithful? You will find that faithfulness will always look for him wherever he goes. You will see this thing. It's like you are smiling through the mirror and the mirror will smile back onto you. Except of course if you are in Hollywood then your mirror can be seen something else. But the point is this. If whatever you throw out is what is going to come back to you. In other words, they transform you that your relationship with the almighty God becomes a fruitful relationship. People who walk with you will begin to see the difference in your life. They begin to see things happening differently for you. In other words, you become a matured believer. 
you become a mature believer. And that is why Peter is saying, you need to add these qualities to your faith so that you can grow and produce fruits in the kingdom. Now, that is the beautiful part. The difficult part of this is this. If you say to a young believer, somebody who's just come to Lord Jesus Christ, say, oh, you need to add this to your faith. You need to add this to your faith. It is very easy to say. The difficult part is that it is extremely difficult to do those things. Extremely difficult. The reality is that when the rubber meets the road and you are talking about patience, when you look at somebody who is a pain in every part of your body, not just in your neck, you will know that it is not very easy to be patient. You will know it's not very easy to be loving. And Jesus Christ himself testified to it. If you look at the book of Matthew chapter 26, Matthew 26, verse number 41, the Bible tells us Jesus Christ himself acknowledged it. He said, watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation because you watch, your spirit is indeed willing to do these things. Your spirit is willing to do it. But your flesh is weak. In other words, I look at this thing, I read the scripture, yes, it is good to pray. It is good to fast. It is good to be loving. It is good to be uh, compassionate. It is good to be patient. But as you get out of your house and you go to office in the morning, pastor has spoken on Sunday. This particular week, I'm going to try to be very patient and very nice. And as you are driving, uh, if you don't have the YouTube channel to, to live blog anointing church, it becomes a problem. Because somebody will cross your way. And if they cross your way, road race starts. You forget about the patience. And that is why you need to tune to Live Lord Anointing Church Facebook page and YouTube page so that you can hear the messages. The Lord, you need to add those commercials every now and then. <laughs> In other words, it is easy to talk a good talk. It is easy to talk a good game. But practicing them is extremely difficult. And Jesus was not the only one who talked about this. In the book of Romans chapter 7, Paul the Apostle made the same comments. Refer to the same thing. In verse number 15, Paul said, I do not really understand myself. In other words, I mean, get out of me. I think I'm not getting myself. Okay? I don't understand myself. He said, I don't really understand myself. For what I do, for what I want to do, for I want to do what is right. But I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. And that is what is going on. That's the experience of a lot of people in the church. We want to do a lot of things. How many of us wanted to pray very well this morning before we come to church? How many of us wanted to do the devotion the way we wanted to do it this morning? How many of us wanted to give to that particular give to those charity or the people that we needed to give to? How many of us remember that we needed to call somebody during the week? And we, you know, there are so many things that we know that are good to do. But the Bible is speaking of Paul the Apostle is saying, the thing that I want to do, I say, I don't get it. I don't really understand myself. Why is he saying that? He's saying that because the things that I know to be right, the things that I know I should be doing, the things that I know will be beneficial to my life, the things that I know will take me to where I need to go, I am not doing it. Something is wrong with me. Jesus Christ said it. He said, watch and pray because your flesh, your spirit is indeed wanting those things. But for some reason, your flesh cannot, the gap between the spirit and the flesh, is there's something there that needs to be bridged. And Paul is saying exactly the same thing. Paul is saying, I want to be patient, but I am not. I want to be loving, but I am not. I want to pray. I want to study. I want to read the word. I want to minister to other people. I want to evangelize. I want to do all these things, but I am not. What is wrong with me? I am not. Do, I, don't, I don't want to do all these things, but I end up doing them. Why? If you go to verse number 24 of that same chapter, he lamented that terrible struggle that was going on through him. In verse number 24, he said, Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? In other words, there is a spiral. There is a particular circle that is taking people down. That if you don't pay attention to it, maturity will become an illusion. 
that if you don't pay attention to it, you may not be able to go to where you are supposed to be. Paul is saying that there is something that is warring against my being. There is something that is keeping me from doing what I'm supposed to do. In other words, I do. How do I break free from this thing? That's basically what Paul is talking about. How do I break free from this circle of impossibility? From this circle of anger? From this circle of prayerlessness? From this circle of impatience? How do I break free from it? That was the question Paul is asking. And you know the interesting thing, like I said earlier on, Paul is not the only one in this particular struggle. There are many of us sitting here right now, many who are watching online, who are actually out, who are actually having this same issue. And the interesting thing is that it is not restricted to the people who are sitting in the pew. Even those of us who are standing behind the people, you will be surprised how difficult it is for the so-called men of God. The things that they struggle with, the things that they have difficulty with. So many of us listening right now are going through the same struggle. Many of us are having that issue. The question then becomes, if we struggle all the time, how then do we do the things that Peter is asking us to do? How do you add faith, virtue? How do you add knowledge? How do you add temperance? How do you add brotherly love? How do you add all those things into your life if you are having that kind of internal struggle going on inside of you? How do you add all that? How do you do all those things? Look at the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, reading from verse number 17, the Bible tells us, Say, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Very, very simple verse, but extremely difficult to implement. Paul the, Paul the Apostle writing to the Corinthians is saying that if you want to break this particular cycle, if you want to make sure that this particular cycle of impossibility, this cycle of failure that goes through the life of every individual, he said if you want to break that particular cycle, something must happen first. Before a believer can add the things that Peter talked about into their life, into his life, into her life, that Christian must undergo some fundamental experiences. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, We thank you for listening.